Hello and welcome to the Unmissables. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. That's the voice of Steph Seelan. Happy New Year. That's the voice of Kay Ribeiro. I am Boyd Hilton and it's our first uh, Unmissables podcast of 2018. Woohoo! Gosh. Yeah, and to celebrate, it's kind of, I'm calling it a drama special. I, I've just right. decided that. It's du- it's, we're starting off... Like January, a bit miserable and dark, I think. Hold on, wait a minute. Just because there's the end of the world, dead people and murder. Major abduction. And terrorism. Is that what you're saying? It's a bit heavy. Is that what Do you're saying? Do you know what? I got it wrong. It's cheery. What am I saying? Yeah. yeah. You're, you, to, to be fair to you, you've got a point. The programmes, the three big heavyweight dramas. Mm. Kiri is going to be on Channel 4 from Wednesday the 10th of January. And it stars Sarah Lancashire as a social worker. And it's got issues. Grim. Big issues. Hard Sun is on Saturday on BBC One, the 6th of January at 9.35pm. It stars Agnes Dean. And that's a pr- set before the end of the world. The it's end grim. of the world's going to end in five years. Grimmer. And finally, Next of Kin, which is on ITV from Monday the 8th of January at 9 o'clock. And that's all about, starts with a bomb in London and there's terrorism in it. Bleak. Very bleak. Uh, but are they? That's my question. Yes. Can we yeah. find the non-bleakness within these seemingly bleak television dramas we shall find out and of course we'll have um, our traditional excellent question time at the end um, and the beginning mm-hmm. we can return after having done a Christmas special and a New Year's special still available on the iTunes everyone yeah just in case you didn't catch <laughs> it in case you want to know retrospectively what to watch at yeah. Christmas and New Year that's why you I can do. watch on catch up but for 2015 listen on catch up um, we are reverting to the what have we been watching section of the podcast Return to the traditional format, Steph. Yesterday, when we <laughs> recorded the uh, previous podcast, you witted on anyway about what you were watching. Have you now shot your bolt? No, because I I didn't mention something oh. that I started watching, which is very good. Good. What device or feed do you think that I'm watching this on? Oh, mm, let me, let get, me guess. Oh, let's let guess. Me think. Is oh, my it? God. Is it Amazon Prime? Oh, clever. She's so cute, she? No, it's Netflix. Right. Okay, it's called Wormwood. Right. Ooh, based on the scrubs? No. Oh. As previewed in Heat magazine. Carry on. Did we preview it? Yes. I mean, yet more proof that you don't read every word (laughs) of my section. So when I when I read about it in the Heat magazine, I thought, I'm gonna watch this. (laughs) (laughs) Bullshit. (laughs) Anyway, I'll tell you what it's all about if you also haven't read it in the preview of Heat magazine. Okay. 1953, right? Frank Olsen jumps out of a hotel room, right? He is a scientist, right? But does he jump, Kay? Does he jump out of that hotel room? I think he was pushed. Well, listen, in 1975, a report came out and we found out that he was possibly involved in an experiment with LSD. FBI, yeah. Just say no kids, CIA, it's all of them, Mm. right? Yeah, all the initials. So the great thing about this, okay, so it stars Peter Skarsgård. It is kind of like half documentary, half drama. So it's intermingled between bits, it's it's like bits of the family, his real life family talking about what happened because they didn't realise, they thought he just committed suicide. Yeah. You're going to find out. From you or from the... Not from me, because okay, I don't want to spoil it. But you have to watch Wormwood. It's really good. It's, it's from a very famous um, <laughs> uh, documentary director, uh, Wormwood, who, the guy who did um, The Thin Blue Line, I do believe. Errol Morris. 
That's what I was. Uh, yeah, wasn't my friend Errol. Blue Line that BBC police it was, drama, but it was also classic. Yeah, with Ron Atkinson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was also a very good, uh, legendary um, documentary, a true life, true crime. Doc- In fact, Errol Morris is kind of one of the great grandfathers. I'm calling him godfathers, whatever the phrase is, mm. of true crime documentary making. Yeah, he's legendary. my hero. The daddy-o. This daddy-o, is, there you go. This is very good. I haven't seen anything for a while that does, it's like a high, you know, kind of high-spec docu-drama. Yeah, it's high-end, yeah, high yeah, big time. very good. Yeah. It's very interesting and don't believe everything you read because everything's conspiracy. Just mm. saying that. And also I'm watching The Tunnel along with Kay. And Kay and I both on episode five, we're going to finish it tonight. Yeah. <gasps> so good, Boydo. So good. You've got to catch up with us. I'll catch up. What else have you been watching, Kay? Um, or reading or listening to? Well, know? well, I have been listening to something, actually. After <laughs> yesterday's pod, yeah. um, and John recommended 74 Seconds. I've not, got yes, one, not the, yesterday's. The one we recorded, we recorded, Apo- to be fair. Apologies, apologies. The one we recorded. an apologia. <laughs> the one we recorded yesterday. The New Year's special. The New Year's special. Um, John, our producer, guru, friend, recommended 74 Seconds. Yes. And I started listening to it, and he was... That's I mean, quick. Yeah, he was right. It's it really spills good. from John's mouth mm. straight into your ear. I always yeah. listen to everything John says. And um, set in Minnesota and about um, a traffic stop um, with a cop shooting the black driver and the trial that goes with it. And I agree. What he said was that there's a back catalogue, so it's quite good in a way. So then you instantly can find out what's happening in the trial and how it progresses. And it's mm. good. Steph, you need to get on that. Yeah, like I have lot. downloaded it, but I was very busy watching the tunnel. <laughs> also, um, This Is Us. Do either of you watch it? Amazon Prime? Of no, it was on Channel 4, Kay. We saw on Amazon Prime now. That's yeah, how I watched but it. Was, it. The whole thing was on Channel 4. Well, Boyd, 4. I can only deal with First what I'm run, watching it on right You're now. turning into the new Steph. Like, you what? only watch stuff on streaming services. Boyd, I'm just telling you. Oh, I'm watching it on Amazon Sorry, Prime. Sorry, Boyd. Is it available on Channel 4 now, Boyd? I don't know. I haven't checked. No, it's not. It's season not. 2 will be very shortly. Carry Ooh, on. Do you know? Mm. Let's start, no, I'm just going to clear something up. Boyd hasn't had any lunch and he's a bit grouchy. Yeah. Okay? He's angry. That's what he is. He's angry. Anyway. Kay, please continue. Just in fact. Okay, This Is Us, which was originally on Channel 4, but Correct. you won't be able to watch Series 1 on Channel 4, so I suggest you watch it on Amazon Prime. Where you can watch it. Yes. Um, stars Milo Ventimiglia as, um, and Mandy Moore as oh, a couple. I love Milo. From oh Heroes. Yeah, and from Gilmore Girls, oh. Jess. They're a couple. The premise is, they're a couple. The first episode opens up, they're having triplets. And no. sadness alert, they oh. lose one of the babies. Oh. However, oh. uplifting news, they adopt a little black baby that's been abandoned oh. at fire station. <laughs> and it's the story of how the kids grow up, how they, you know, they grow up together and their relationships. But it's a flash forward, flashback situation. And honestly, my friend Michelle, who lives in New York, who we call her, um, her nickname's The Beast. And she's a hardened <laughs> lady, as in she doesn't like cry easily. Mm. She recommended this to me and she was telling me that she was just like weeping regularly. And I was yeah. like, oh my God, she's having a breakdown. She's not having a breakdown. Every episode is so moving that I've cried mm. every single time. And Why you could have they? read about it in about September in Heat when oh. uh, I wrote about this. Someone it? get yeah. Boyd a sandwich. Oh, man. Okay. Are you going to be cranky at all episodes? Get Boyd a facts. sandwich. No, just do with it. No, don't blame the hunger. It's just, well, I'm giving you the facts. Boyd, have you looked at every single picture that Steph's researched? Yes. Have you read every single bit of my soapy well, bubble column? I have column? read every single bit. You know I have read every, you know I've read every single word you've ever written for Heat Magazine. Actually, that's believe. true. One thing I will quickly say while we're talking about Boyd's words is. Out today, second um, of Jan, is a fantastic feature in the magazine. It's an entertainment special about all the excellent dramas, films, no. books, um, theatre stuff that's Thanks on um, this year. So check it out. Brilliantly, it's really good. the pictures are brilliant as well. God, oh, don't try sucking up now. You've hurt both of us <laughs> deeply <laughs> with your crankiness. Can I just go back to This Is Us for one second? Yes, so is watch it. it. Is it one, is its first series? Yeah. Okay. And why, why did they leave the baby at the fire station? 
I mean, I know that's a really specific no, question. No, they didn't. Someone else did. Yeah, but why yeah. did that other person? Oh, what no. Fire station? You don't want to know that. Oh, okay. No, well, so part, of it is, is, is part of the reason Finding why they have out. the two timelines is so that you see slowly over the series the the guy the, the adopted guy trying to find out why really and yeah. trying to find out oh, why he's searching yeah. for his father searching for his, yeah and so it's, it's so very clever honestly it's really really moving so brilliant brilliant yeah. um, how many episodes are there I don't know actually I need I to check that out and how long is each show is it like an hour it's an American yeah, like, hour. Like about it's an American minutes. network length series. Okay. Yeah. Steph, it's really good. I'm Get on watch it. it. I'm going to yeah. do that over All, all, the, over all the, the people on the ground, all the pogs listening, watch it immediately. Okay. And that's all I have to say. Boyd. I yes. mean, you know, I know you're hungry, but can you bear to tell us what you've been <laughs> listening to watching? I resent the suggestion <laughs> that I'm angry. Hangry. I know, yes. Or even hangry. <laughs> Ricky Gervais, though, is deadly serious, is it's, the title ooh. of his new... <gasps> podcast Ooh. which weirdly though is not actually available well if you you have to pay for it is the situation so oh. in america oh. mm. this is on the sirius uh-uh. radio network right so it's an american he, he's making it for americanists really but it's being made available via um the kind of by audiobooks as audiobook on so if you've got for it example is- on itunes you can find it in the audiobook section if you do a google but is and it there's still links free? from is him free? no you have to pay for it how much is it there's free samples of it on on um it's a it's, a, it's fine it's about i don't know like seven quid or something for five episodes for like hours and hours of content. And I personally, I have no problem with paying for content of any kind You're whatsoever. You're a millionaire. Because when are you going to pay for I'm the content of every single pod pod who wants to listen to this? No. Okay. Well, you're not that. That would generous. be insanity. What, what I'm saying is, for top level content created by brilliant people like Ricky Gervais, I'm saying it's fine. I'm fine with it. So Oof, at the moment, you have to pay for it. What I'm saying, I think it's worth it. It's him holding forth on big topics, big philosophical topics like. Um, atheism, humanity. He has guests like um, Brian Thingy, you know, the physicist, the star, the, the TV scientist, oh, yeah. Cox. Oh, Thank you. Cox. Is this um, like Russell Brand's Trues? Not really, no. no Russell Brand's Trues is him holding forth and being political. This is more Ricky Gervais chatting to his to his mates. Like David Baddiel is on episode two. And honestly, I could listen to Ricky Gervais chatting to David Baddiel about stuff, about, you know, just life and what goes on in the world. For a pound? For a long time, and it's great. <laughs> And One for pound more than a pound, more than oh, a pound. Um, he has his friend months. Robin Ince, who's a brilliant stand-up comedian, like in episode three. It's just really, really funny, enlightening, thought-provoking stuff, well worth paying for. Can That's what I'm saying. Kay and I, at different times, borrow your phone, because you've really paid for it, <laughs> and <laughs> listen to it in lunch breaks. No. We'll have, um, we'll have one ear each. Yeah, oh, we'll listen to it together. That's I don't think we should steal content from, uh, from anyone. They, I'm stealing it from you and I'm telling you about it. It's okay. not the same. Oh, we'll, we'll negotiate. Um, we we'll love that fun Redley, away. Ricky, Redley Gervais. Ricky Redley. Gervais is deadly serious. Redley Gervais is Ricky serious. <laughs> well. Um, it's available now and it's great. And the other thing I want to mention quickly is another Netflix thing. Yes. joins the Welcome. trend for the binge Netflix. That's what the kids people. are doing. Dark. We, we're not- oh, No. Right, sorry. That's very so, loud. I know. I'm so excited about this. This is on my list for a yeah. big weekend binge. Right. So all, all I'll say is Dark, uh, 10 episodes of German drama of the highest order. It's, of the highest. It is, but it's the, the facile thing to say about it is it's the German Stranger Things because <gasps> it does begin with missing child slash children. And strange things are happening. Literally, strange things are happening. And it's also set in the past, so, so there's a kind of eighties, early nineties vibe going on. Is it on. scary? But it's very different. It is scary. Oh, it's not for you. I've seen I'm it. It's scarier. I'm out. It's I'm scarier, out. if anything. Than I mean, stranger I was, things. I was more, out at Netflix, but 
Yeah, because you're yeah. Oh. Um, but it, honestly, it's it's incredibly well made, beautifully filmed, and fascinating. And um, it's it, and, and someone I saw someone on Twitter. Oh, this is funny, mm-hmm. saying complaining that it's dubbed so that because it, it's German that they've <laughs> dubbed the German voices into English. And there's people, but. That, that those people are stupid because you just have to make sure you've got the right setting on your Netflix to have the subtitles on in the oh, original German. Oh, it's a read, is it? It's, it's a, a read. It's a TV it's show a you read. have to read. Okay. It's, it's, Stephanie, I am look, I'm looking forward. No, no, I am looking forward to it because I watched the trailer. It did look good. I didn't I didn't somehow get that. It was very exciting. It's a read. It's, it's okay. created by Baran Bo Oda oh. and Jansja Frieza. Oh, my God. It's your Prince yeah. Albert. It's Albert. It's, it's very German. Yeah. Um, and it, it's phenomenal. So it's, all, it's strange things happening. Children are disappearing and there's a kind of whole time thing going on. But it's it's really good and atmospheric. Dark on the Netflix now. But let's tuck go. Kay's got a hand up. Right. Sorry. Now, Pogs, it's the 21st of December recording People on the this. ground, our listeners. So when we said Happy New Year, we were lying. Boyd was lying, but he was hangry. So, yeah. um, so as you know, Pogs, Uh-oh. we've been trying to get 60 reviews by the 25th of December. Right? Yeah. Last podcast. You, you have been single-handedly trying to get those. Yeah. But on the on for all of us. Yes, no, right? I know. Because you're good. Very good. <laughs> so, we have now got... How many? 58. Oh! Blimey. 50 John bloody, bloody literally eight. dropped his pen. He's dropped it might have been pen. because Kay shouted 58 really loudly. Oh, sorry. I, on. I don't know. Oh, my just God. Guessing. I've just shattered his eardrum. Yeah. Um, so, thanks to Marky Mansfield. Who Mark oh, Mark Mansfield. We know yes, Mark Mansfield. This is just on the motorway. Yeah. Well... He is, as he says himself, a Boyd fan, a oh. gooner as well. Oh. And so he says that he listens Mark. to it because, you know, he'd listen to anything that Boyd does. Oh. But also, no, but listen, All right. his, his wife has exceptional taste. <gasps> and he says that every week he buys her heat. And so he no. listens to us as well. He likes our Down to Earth reviews. And if you want highbrow, then head to The Guardian, he said, because this is brilliant. So, oh, thank Mr. you. Thank you, Mr. Mansfield. M-M. We thank like you. it. He brought us up to 58. I'm... Still keeping everything crossed that by the 25th of December, when I check, we've got 60. And then you're going to get that Netflix. Well, we'll see. Will I? Won't I? We'll tell We're you on all, the 9th, of, Dece- oh, the the 9th nation, of January. The nation is on tenterhooks. Script. Script. Yeah, as to whether you're going to get Netflix or not. <laughs> Kiri. <laughs> it's the new four-part drama on Channel 4 from next Wednesday, the 10th of January at 9 o'clock. It's written by BAFTA-winning author Jack Thorne, he of National Treasure fame, Ooh, which yeah. was a four-part drama we that was on Channel that. 4 in 2016, I think, Why and run the BAFTA. Why can you watch that now? Can we Google that? Because that's really good, and if you haven't watched it, it's, it's, on DVOD. it's worth a look. People don't buy DVDs anymore. Do Go around well, to Boyd's house, he'll do a screening. We're, we're the streaming people. Charming. It's probably on all four, I don't know, check all four. It Amazon was on Channel Prime 4 originally, probably. might be on Amazon Prime. I bet you John's Googling it I mean, now. you know, you'll find it. And you'll find it with John's help. Jack Thorne is one of the most prolific young writers. He's a lovely guy. I've met him many times. How uh, old is he? How young? I would say 20s, 30s. early 30s. Oh, right. Early and 30s. He not only wrote National Treasure, he wrote the Harry Potter play that's currently wowing oh. audiences in oh, the West Curse, End of London. The, um... Curse of the Thing You Wants It. Yeah. Harry Potter and the Curse of the Thing You Wants It. Mm-hmm. Is that a new one to the one that we saw, The Cursed Child? Oh, the, one no, we saw, one. the one we saw, Cursed Child, oh, yeah. We Harry Potter and the Curse of the Cursed Child, yeah. The he wrote that play, which was brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah, all five friggin' hours of it. He also wrote, he took a, he was asked to write rewrite the next Star Wars film episode nine. No. What? Yes, before and then they brought in JJ Abrams again. You know they sat the people the director. Yeah. He was doing a rewrite of it, and then J, now JJ Abrams is. I hope he still got again. paid. I, I'm sure he'll get paid. 
vast oh, amounts. I hope he gets he's another stab at one doing of the, one of them. He's one of the most admired and respected uh, young writers in the world, I would say. And he is now coming together. He's written this drama. Not only that, it stars the great Sarah Lancashire of Happy Valley, Last Tango and Halifax fame. So it's like these two huge forces of television drama, in my opinion, coming, coming together. together for this new four-part thing. And the story is, I've decided to explain the story. Do it. Mm, I'm going to go come on. to you, you guys later for the other two shows <laughs> we're doing. He's had sugar now. It's all about, I have had sugar. <laughs> um, sugar please, rush. I'm just going to stop you there because I've just breaking been passed news. a note. Breaking news. <laughs> okay. National Treasure is still on all four. So you can nice. watch it and you should. Robbie Coltrane, excellent yeah, is. Excellent. Thanks, John. And there's, there's no way that National Treasure dealt with the big issue of child abuse, historic child abuse, and, and you know, all of those inquiries into whether he's just played a celebrity who had been accused of child abuse. And it was partly Jimmy Savalesque, wasn't it? Jimmy Savalesque and looking into that whole topic, but doing it in a there was also a did he do it or not? And that was kept right up until the yeah. final episode of whether he did it or not. You kept it. So it was a very gripping mystery. Similarly, this is about Partly the issue of social work and how social workers, the duress they're put under, they're doing this job. Sarah Lancashire is a, is a veteran social worker in Bristol. She has to make sure that children are adopted by the right families and she has to look after the families and she has to deal with the birth families and all that. At the same time, what happens is one of her main clients, this young black girl called Kiri, who's been adopted by a nice middle-class white She's family. She's just about to be adopted. Just about to be adopted, you're right. Their foster family. She wants to make sure the little girl knows her birth family, so she arranges an afternoon for the little girl to hang out with her, but with her grandfather and his wife in their birth family. Her actual father, her birth father, if that's the right phrase, is a dodgy dealer, an ex-con. He's a nasty bastard. Nasty piece of work. He has uh, been convicted. He's a drug, drug, drug taker, drug dealer, etc. And, and the awful thing is, and you get to know in the first half of the first episode, Sarah Lancashire and her colleague, she's got a, a new young colleague who's into her, who's friends with her. She's got her boss, who they've known each other for a long time. And, clear, and she's a maverick loose cannon. She yeah, goes that's... around with her dog, who's flatulent, oh. and you know takes her <laughs> everywhere she dog. goes. Yeah, the dog's amazing. Brilliant performance by the dog. Oh. And all, then all the BAFTAs for the she, dog is great. She takes the lovely little girl, Kiri, to see her grandfather. And of course, the worst thing happens, the girl disappears, mm-hmm. causing a huge amount of pressure on Sarah Lancashire's character. The media immediately, immediately goes hysterical. Everyone launches a search to try and find the girl. The family is hysterical, obviously, the foster family. And her bosses are hysterical. There's an immediate inquiry. And I think probably to say much more would be to would spoil be wrong. it, wouldn't don't, it? Don't, don't. So, if, but, kind of like, for me... It's kind like, of a witch hunt for her, though, isn't it? It's a huge witch hunt. So it's dealing with the, the press, the tabloids are on her back. Mm. She's being filmed and it's, and it's horrendous and, you know... What, did she do anything wrong? You know, she just arranged for this girl to be taken for an afternoon by her natural grandfather. Mm. So it's kind of dealing with the way what happens to social workers in this day and age when something goes wrong in a big high-profile case. But it's also, there is a big whodunit element because to find out the mystery of what happens to the girl mm. and who is responsible for whatever happens to the girl is a huge part of it. What did you think of it, Stephanie Seelan? I loved it. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I thought the person who plays <laughs> the grandfather, Toby Akindeli, I thought he was incredible in this. He really, it was, his performance was really chilling. So obviously Sarah Lancashire drops Kiri off at the grandparents' yeah. house and you think it's all going to be fine and then when goes missing, there's this, you know, very stressful scene of what's, what's happened and where Kiri is. And I thought he played that beautifully but what I think is so great about this is it really you really get a sense of how difficult it is to be a social worker when you are just hell-bent on doing the right thing making sure that 
children understand their heritage while also wanting the best for that child but have you know having children adopted at such young ages I think Kiri how old is she in this is she not in, she's, she's like seven, seven. okay yeah. So she's being adopted. Uh, no, I thought she was nine. nine. Yeah, nine. She's, she's being adopted into like kind of like a middle class white family, and it's obviously really important that to Sarah Lancashire that she gets to know. And there's a point in it where Kiri says, "You know, oh, I'm black. I need to know what it's like to be from a black no. family." And so you really get a sense of what it's like to try and balance those two situations where doing the right thing is, might not necessarily be the best interest of the, ch- interest of the child. But obviously, Sarah Lancashire. I mean. She's just incredible, isn't she? What a brilliant actress. Because I think, you know, you think the role of a lifetime was Happy Valley, which I know you haven't watched. I haven't watched it. It is the role of a lifetime. You have. We've watched Happy Valley, haven't you? She's good at strong, like, women. But I think this is another, like, role of a lifetime. She's a fantastic actress and even better at making the right choices in terms of scripts, right? Yeah. Yeah. You you won't ever uh, watch a drama, like... With her in it, and it will be a dud. Yeah. You know, you, she's a yeah. safe bet. But the other thing that I thought was really... Sorry, Kay, did I cut you off? No, go on. The other thing that I really loved about her character is her character is really flawed. Anyway, yeah. she's, got, she's a bit of an alcoholic. She's yeah. a loose cannon yeah, mother, I, she? And I love a flawed female oh, character. Yeah. I really do. And she's got... We meet her... Um, her racist mother. Her racist mother, <laughs> um, played by Sue Johnston. Yeah. Almost no, unrecognisable. Unrecognisable. Yeah. This horrendous woman, isn't she? So yeah. clearly, like, And that's clearly the explanation of a lot of what yeah. her flaws... In Sarah Lancashire's character, and her daughter, who's living in a really dodgy flat somewhere. But her character, Sarah's character, is only flawed in that she cares almost too much, and she'll do anything. She doesn't necessarily go by the book in order to protect a child and stuff like that. So she, I think she. There's the drink issue. The drink issue. A little bit of a sniff. I mean, I'm not. She's an addict. She's definitely an alcoholic, isn't she? I think. Did you? I didn't get that. Oh, I think so. Is she? She's got that hip. What happens towards the end? Yeah, Yeah. because she was distressed though. No spoilers. But oh, I thought. Okay. Well, anyway. I really, I really liked base. I really liked the moment. So she is very, because um, she's so robust, and she's like, oh, when Kiri originally goes missing, she's like, she'll turn up. She's going to turn up. You know, she, nothing's happened, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then at the moment, there's a really specific moment where the penny drops that actually yeah. something possibly horrendous has happened to her, um, and it's just, it's just awful. To see, and then. What I found even more distressing, in a way, is like the blame game that goes on, where all of her superiors just hang her out to dry. Yeah. And like, there's this whole thing. There's a, this 99% figure that keeps on getting repeated, where the super, supervisor Julie or Julia keeps on going, you know, she's because she's very instinctive. She just follows her instincts, and she said, oh, you know, 99 to 99% of the time, she gets it right. She's exceptional, and it just seems like they're so clearly, you know, shifting the blame. Mm. And like at one point, Julie goes, you know, poor us. And poor you, mm. because basically yeah. you're going to get like absolutely crucified for this. And it just, I found it quite shocking. Yeah, but you hear that a lot just in real life, don't you, in the news that people say, when yeah. terrible things happen, you just hear a lot of people going, well, uh, you know, I'm just like the scapegoat for the, these other people. I didn't actually do anything, yeah. but somebody needs to be held accountable and they've, and I'm that person. Yeah. And, and the but, you, but you feel I mean, it building, don't you? You feel yeah. it building, you know, they're going to be like, oh my God, she's going to be the one. They're going to blame everything on her. And yeah, the implication is that she's put the cultural needs of Kiri above her safety because their media kind of saying, you know, that oh, very lefty. She like was like just wanted her to get to know her black heritage and culture and didn't even consider that something bad because, as Boyd said, the dad is like a drug dealer. Something mm. bad might happen. Mm. It's no holds barred. Yeah. Um, kind of gritty. Gritty. But, you know, my, my favorite thing about it is which is what I always said I th- it is funny. It's, yeah, it's because her character, what she says and does, how she and the dog, the, the farting dog, dog. <laughs> um, her bluntness 
and humanity shines through because every, pretty much every line she has in it, I mean, until she gets to the, to the really bleak stuff towards the end of the first episode where she's dealing with what happens to Kiri, it's just incredibly funny and likeable. And the, she gets away with being maverick, clearly. You get the sense, I thought, was so brilliantly written and acted because within about five minutes of knowing her, Sarah Lancashire's character, you're like, you know why she gets away with being a maverick mm. because she's so likeable mm. and smart and knows how to talk to people and she's funny. Right. And so even though like the posh parents kind of slightly resent her clearly, of the posh foster parents, she can drive stuff through because she's so brilliant. After I, I watched the first kind of 10 minutes of this and I actually wrote these words down, there are not enough programmes where people talk to dogs because that humour where she talks to her dogs, it, oh. and it sounds ridiculous, but I was like, God, I really enjoy that because yeah. she's, like you said, she's so she plays such amazing human human being yeah. in this, and she's just normal yeah. and instantly like. And you know what? In the, in the it's, it's it's that time of the podcast where I say that I went to the launch of it and um, oh, okay. they did the Q and A, and she was asked about the dog, and she said the dog was genuinely brilliant, and she genuinely What's bonded the with the dog name? actor. I can't remember what the dog actor's oh. name is, but it's an Irish wolfhound, isn't it? She, I'm sure you're right. She said <laughs> dog was fantastic. So yeah, kudos Bravo to the dog. Bravo, dog. Yeah, it's hard to get a good dog. You know, there's dog a Palm actor. Dog Award every year. For, it yeah, can. Charles goes to it. Charles yeah, Gant. it can. They give an award to the best performance by a dog in a film Quite at the right Cannes Film Festival, which is a big deal every year. And I think they should do the same thing. There should be a BAFTA for best dog. There should because you know I name another dog. No, listen, honestly, we, do you know what we need to do? It next. Hold on a minute, Kay. Like, hold on, right? Because hold on, honestly, it's a hold on. You know what? She's grabbing boys. When I watch, when I watch previews at home with the boys, my dogs, there's a Mo. Some of them, they woof at. And I know that that dog actor is doing a really good performance. No, really. And some of them, they don't. And I think to myself, what? That dog is phoning what? it in. <laughs> it's true. Wait it a minute. is You're, true. No, I can't let this when go. When dogs run on the scene or they do a yeah, woof. Wait a minute. I don't think your dogs barking at, like Mo and Ness aren't barking at a dog because of the acting. I think they've just seen a dog. No, that's what I'm saying. Sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. So it's whether that dog's believable. As uh, a dog? I, no, as an actor. <laughs> so, I, so I literally will say to them, that, that dog, I can tell that dog's a good actor because you really believe that that woofing is I'm real anger. Over this, this. No, it's true. It's a theory. Let's it's draw, what it is. John has literally yeah, got his head, head in his on hands. the desk. But I'm just saying, I'm going to film yeah. them. It's yeah, true. No, fair enough, no. Um, anyway, the dog in Kiri is fantastic. How many stars for the dog and how many stars for the actual programme, Kiri? Kay. I'm giving the whole show, including the dog, because I don't want to separate them, um, four and a half stars. I think it's necessary to separate them because it's an outstanding <laughs> performance by a dog in a lead dog role. And um, he's going to get five stars. And um, so is Sarah Lancashire. Five stars. And the whole show. The whole show. Five stars. Yeah. Oh, giving me a star for every element. How many stars? How many stars are you giving Alice Warner? Uh, five. Uh, Leah Williams plays Alice Warner. Stephen McIntosh plays Jim Warner. Five. Five, five. Five's all yeah. round. Yeah. Well done, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Felicia McCarthy, who should play, plays Kiri, the yeah. nine year old. Brilliant. Yeah. I'm giving it. It's five. It's a five. It's a five. It's a total five. I mean, I know that we, there's a lot of big new drama coming up, and Kiri is fantastic. I think it's going to be. It's going to be an awards contender. Mm, come BAFTA season. Good old Lanx. It's on Channel 4 on Wednesday, the 10th of January, next Wednesday at 9 of the PM. And there are four parts of it, Ooh. week by week. It's Hard Sun is next. I don't know what that It's was. It's, it's Hard Sun. It's Hard Sun next. It's the end of the world because... I think I was trying to say something about how this is following on from... Remember Taboo with yes. Tom Hardy? 
That was on Saturday night on BBC One. It was quite a bold move for the BBC to put a drama, a heavyweight drama on Saturday night, then Gunpowder, which we reviewed on this very podcast. That was a Saturday night drama. Yeah, Saturday's now, the night Hard Sun is the next Saturday night drama. It starts on Saturday, coming up at 9.35pm. You know the interesting thing about those three? What's interesting about these? We've, I think we all, Did you watch Taboo? Yeah, I did. Right, you watched Taboo? Written by the same person? No. Written by there's the a people thematic, who... For me, there's a thematic thing linking them. And it's interesting. Oh, I so want to get this right, in sound yeah. Um Okay, thematic. Thematic is the wrong word. There's an what element the f- of them. Right, so what is it? Taboo, Hard Sun, and what's the other one? Gunpowder. Think gunpowder particularly. When we review gunpowder, what do we focus on to some extent? The violence. Yes. Oh. These are all really violent. Super violent. Super violent programs. Look. And for some reason, they've decided BBC One Saturday Night is the really violent slot. Kay's got very violent written in big letters oh, my in her notes. But it. I find it peculiar. I do find it peculiar that they are. But this opens. So Hard Sun opens. I'm going to let Kay explain more. Mm. With a hugely violent attack on the char- Agnes oh. Dean's character you know who's what? a detective the by whole, a young guy, doesn't it? The whole episode is bookended. Yeah. The Violence, starts yeah. very violently and then it ends e- uh, even more violent when you yeah. just think you can't get any more anyway. violent. What is the premise? Okay, I'm going to read it because actually I, the description is really good. So Charlie Hicks, um, Jim Sturgis plays him and Elaine Renko played by Agnes Dean are detectives who while they're investigating a murder in the city stumble acro- across proof that shows that the world's going to self-destruct in five days, right? Years. Five years. Five years. <laughs> I mean, you know, days, years, months. Could do. I think it's a th- quite a bit I've accelerated yeah. it. All right, you have accelerated years. it. I think they're wanting to do more serious. So if it was five <laughs> days, it would be a challenge. All right. I think it would be five interesting, hours. though. <laughs> I've got you back. Um, and God, I was actually reading that from paper. <laughs> I just zoned out for a second. Sorry. Anyway, so... I've got a funny explanation of how they came up with the title in a minute. Just to... Just to oh, really? Yeah, expand on that. Carry on. Okay. Um, anyway, what they realised is that the British government is trying to urgently, like, hide that information from the public. And so what they find out, Hicks and Renko, is that they then become targets by the secret services who try and very violently use violent means to keep that secret hidden from the public. So they, there's a massive chase and... Um, they realise, because they don't actually like each other, these two detectives. They're very like hostile to each other, but they soon realise they have to work together in order to ensure their safety, the safety of their families, because the Secret Services threaten them. And that is the plot. And, and the it's not five days, it's, it's five, five years. years. The funny thing is, so the reason oh, why... God. So I. Did you go to the um, preview screen? I hosted of this? the preview screen. Oh, of course, of you one. bloody yeah, did. The other, <laughs> if there's a drinking game, you know, which people drink every time I say I went to a screening, yeah. I hosted the screening. Yeah. You get extra bonus drink. Extra bonus drinks. Um, yeah. So I interviewed, it's written by Neil Cross, creator by Neil Cross, of Luther fame. Oh. Yes. And. He, the whole idea came from the David Bowie song, Five Years, not Five <laughs> not Days. Five days. Ah. And um, the inspiration for that, and that is, if you listen to the lyrics of that song, it's got a kind of apocalyptic quality to it. And so and he comes, certainly does. He, this does. So he thought, so the whole idea was, what if, um, you know, we, we set the whole thing with five years to go, the world, a world pre-apocalyptic uh, world, and what if we did a detective drama where the cops have to obviously... Um, on the one hand, solve cases because there's also Jim Sturgis's character is a kind of corrupt cop, mm. and there's a there's a hint that Renko's character Angus Dean's been brought in to kind of spy on him a bit, yeah. possibly by his bosses in a Luther style, which did happen in Luther, of mm-hmm. course. Um, and yet, at the same time, with some of the same people that are in Luther, correct in this, yes. which is very confusing indeed. So the mere fact that they've stumbled upon this 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 um, thing that the world's going to end in five years is a huge thing for the authorities who are clearly trying to not let that get out because they think people are going to go hysterically mad and pandemonium break out. So it is a kind of, for me, a fascinating mix of your cop drama, your riveting Luther-style cop drama that Neil Cross excels at, and apocalyptic kind of sci-fi-ish thing. Mm. Did you? Because of course we know you hate 
more than anything, dystopian. dystopian. Now, this isn't really dystopian, is it? But it is pre-dystopian. I, di- I didn't no. really like it. But... <sighs> What's your problem? What's my beef? I, ju- I just... Not enough dogs. I didn't... Okay, yeah, one, there's no dog. No, <laughs> not, not the dog thing. I just didn't particularly enjoy watching it. And I think it's because I didn't feel invested in either of the... I didn't think either of the characters were the main characters were particularly likable. Like Jim Sturge's character, again, to use the phrase, is a nasty bastard. And I didn't feel any warmth towards Agnes Dean because I thought she was kind of cold. And with reason that she's cold because, you know, horrible things happen yeah. to her. But there's no one I care about. I don't care at all that in five years these people are going to be dead. It five doesn't days. bother me. You don't care that the world's going to end in five years? Well, because it's not a documentary, <laughs> no, I don't care. <laughs> Good point, Steph. Yeah. No, I just, I didn't, there was nothing I do that know really what connected you mean. me to it because to me it has absolutely no emotional depth. I'm sorry, it didn't. I thought all the characters were really unlikable. I think you're, I think you're wrong. I think you're, and we're not supposed to like Jim Sturge's character. I think he is a gigantic doof, um, to say the least. But I think Agnes Dean's character is great because she, and, and we, the opening scene that I mentioned where she's attacked by this guy who turns out to be a particularly important figure in her life. I'm not spoiling anything, steady. Well, you find out very quickly who he is. But anyway, she's attacked by this character monstrously and she survives. And then I think, I think she's great. I like, I really like her. I think, and I was going to say, I was really surprised. I, I've seen Agnes Dean in a couple of films and she is, has always been good. No, I thought she was a good, good actress, but yeah. they need to have someone in this who you actually care about I do I care about her but I, totally, I cared about her right from the beginning because no, I think I she's I, th- I think you're confusing out of the two I cared about her yeah. but she's meant to be a cold character like it's, yeah, but, but that's what I mean but you can see the reasons why she's gone you can see the humanity yeah, I agree. within her I absolutely yeah, she's she, troubled but she what I'm kicks s- butt brilliantly right. at the end and agree, I loved her agree 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 with all of that but what I'm saying is the whole thing there isn't a wa- one warm character. There's not one no, warm I character. In the whole I thing. It can be likable and cold, cold and likable, she, not, which she is. Not, not for me. I just okay. think there was there wasn't it. It was okay, but I wouldn't watch it again. I didn't. No. I thought that. I actually also thought that you were hit with too many, uh, too many different like subplots as well. There was too many for me. There was too much going on. Okay. Um, Okay. And you actually don't find out till the end that then they find out that, you know, it's going to end in five years. There was, all, oh, there was just almost a flurry of too many characters. Then you, the, the, the plot within the plot about her investigating him and the murder and then what he's doing, the, all the different dodgy things that he's doing and three different threads of that and his family. It's just, and then you're trying to get, like, connect these two together in their relationship. It was, a bit, it was a bit too much. And tell. then to add a bloody dystopian thing on, on the end of it, I was just like, I'm out. To use Kay's phrase, pre-dystopian. And I just, like I said, I think the main thing for me is that there was no, there was no one I really no, cared about. No, like they could all die, and I was. Like, Did you care about any of them? I think she's made it crystal clear. This, <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah, I'm right, being sarcastic. Yeah. She's no, didn't care about anything. Didn't care about six billion people on the planet. Whatever. I did. I would. I don't say it again. Agnes Dean is very good. Don't say it again. Don't 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 do it. Did you? You but you liked it. Yeah, I haven't seen her in anything else. So actually, she was a revelation to me. And I thought, I thought it was quite refreshing, though. Don't you think? I think you'll agree. To have someone. I'm not sure she will. No, no. As in, oh. like, I think Steph will like to have like a strong, like she's a kick-ass, feisty but flawed police detective. Love them. <laughs> All I'm saying is, I need a little bit of someone with a heart. A heart. She's got a heart. heart. She's got. Yeah. You right. haven't got a heart. <laughs> I thought she okay, was really well then good. Put a dog in it. Put something else in it that I care God, about. You care more about a dog than you do Aggie Dean's really I brilliant. Mean, that's absolutely fine detective. by me. Yeah, I do. I really, I love this stuff because it's it's kind of vivid. It's stylish. It looks great. Brilliant use of London and Luther 
It's brilliant sort of locations under. This is like set all on locations that you know by the Thames. This is I no Luther. I do. Sorry, this is absolutely not. I know you're, it's by the same much, but Luther is exceptional. This is nowhere near it's as different. good as Luther. It's different. I really, I really enjoyed okay. it. Okay, stand let's, down for let's a sec. Give Kay, because let's honestly, give I, a chance. I do. <laughs> I do agree. I know what you mean about like because when I first watched it, the first five minutes, I was tending towards Steph. I was like, mm, I don't know, but then when the she's got Agnes Dean's character's got a secret that is at the base of like the root of how she is and what's troubling her. And as, as that starts mm. to unfurl, I'm like, yes. I get more kind of invested in her character. And so like, I know what you mean about like, I'm not particularly like, oh my God, I need to watch the next episode. However, the way it ended is intriguing. I really need to watch the next episode. I'm, I'm riveted. Well, just tell me what happened. Send me a text. No, I won't. If a dog pops up, I'll send you a text. Yeah. <laughs> well, you only care about our canine. Now you understand our canine, me. This is our what I need. fellows. It's becoming increasingly clear that week by week, I'm going to have to pick a program with a dog in it. Well, I don't. I mean, I have said that from the beginning. Yeah. Some something fluffy. Something fluffy. I mean, there's there may be, be a dog, silly cat, hard sun, mouse, no fluff, rabbit, no dogs, but nevertheless deserving of a star rating. K. Three and a half stars. It's a solid four. My, I may even go stretch to four and a half. I don't think you are going to do that. <laughs> Come on. I be, dread to think how realistic. many, how few no, stars, no, how many stars are you going to give it? it's fine. And my fine star rating is three. Okay. That's just fine. Just a recommendation. No, and then I forget that you say, if I say three as a recommendation, it's two and a half. Oh. No, th- no three as a recommend, as in like that's the base, that's average, so that's fine. If you think yeah. it's average, then three. Three. I think it's three. average. Three. Yeah, three, three stars three, three, then three. from Steph. Three. Hard Sun begins on the BBC One next Saturday, the 6th of January, 9.35pm. And I do believe the BBC is doing the thing where they're putting it all available as a box set that very night. How fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> what? I meant Are you going to binge it? That couldn't have sounded more sarcastic if Kay had tried, could it? Are oh, and by the way... Watch it? Yeah, I may binge. I okay, may well, binge. do let me know what happens. I'm going to let you know what happens. Thanks. Finally, I, by the way, I meant to say, because oh. we're in January, I might try and give up sarcasm for January. You say that. You've been saying that every year for the 10 years I've known you. Breaking news. Kay's yeah. going to give... Uh, Kay, you giving up sarcasm would be like Steph giving up her obsession with dogs. <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> Steph is going to stop not, being the weird dog I woman. will not give up dogs. I will not oh. give up... Especially when they're Ness and Mo. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember there being any dogs in Next of Kin, which starts on ITV. Well, don't you? Next because Monday. there's a really crucial point where she goes out and walks to her dog, actually. Oh so there God, is a dog. Oh, oh my God. Right. Now. Yeah. Lots of things happen on dog walk, which is crucial you're, to this programme. You're so, so right. See, they'll teach me. Yeah, we'll to... teach you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Thank God. Dog watch. Yeah. It might be a new <laughs> slot in the, in the, in the podcast. Um, Next of Kin is a, I think it's a six-parter, maybe? I think that sounds right. Yes, on ITV. Next Monday, 9th of January, uh, 8th of January, 9pm. It's another big, bold, um, lots of topics, lots of issues. It stars Archie Panjabi and Jack Davenport. But Steph, oh. your punishment is to <laughs> explain what this is about, because it's quite complicated, isn't it? I accept, and no, it's not that complicated. Oh. So basically... One of Kay's favourites in this, by the way, okay? Archie Punjabi from The Good Wife. <gasps> Kalinda. Yeah, you love her, don't you? I love her. I haven't watched The Good Wife, but I hear... We met her at the BAFTA. She um, was very nice. Yeah, remember? she was nice. Very pretty. You'd have watched it if it had dogs in it. Listen, this does have a dog in it. A good dog. You'd watch that. Don't, don't, oh, my <laughs> oh, my God. God what an amazing, amazing show. <laughs> the good dog. Yeah. Anyway, oh, anyway, look, stop trying to distract yeah. me. Okay. Sorry. Right, in this, she plays Dr. Mona Harcourt, okay? She's married to husband Guy, who's a political lobbyist. He is played by Jack Davenport of... This this life. life, They said, together. (laughs) Okay, so what's happening is her brother, Kareem, 
is off in Pakistan being a real do-gooder, helping people out. He's a doctor as well. Yeah. He? He's a doctor. He's been a do-gooder. Well, he's doing good. He's being judgmental. He's going to be a do-gooder. So no, that's not a, good not phrase, a judgmental is phrase. He's anyway, doing good. On. It is. Carry on. Boy, I will have no more interruptions from you. Thank you very much. <laughs> right, okay. You got told. Yeah. So the family are all coming together, the brothers and sisters and the mum are all coming together to throw him a party, a surprise welcome home party. Now, Mona gets a call from her brother to say, I might not be on the flight that I'm that I'm supposed to be on but mm. she's like oh no you are coming she says yeah I'll be back right but at the same time Mona's in a taxi and a bomb goes off in London okay I know bad it's, luck yeah it's shit bad luck that's what it is life sucks for her okay and so she goes home and then Kareem does not arrive home when he's supposed to what we what, who all the other person who doesn't arrive is Kareem's eldest son Dan, did, how do you say his Dinesh Dinesh, but Dinesh. Like Danny Danny Especially okay. university. So we've kind of got two missing people, right? We're not going to give anything away, but the rest of it is about where are they? What has happened to these two people? What the hell is going on? Yeah. Yeah? And it's hard. Go on. We can uh, Do you know, they, the police officers come to let them know that, that he's gone missing. Kareem has like been abducted. Yeah. And crucially, they do have a really nice dog. Okay? And that dog <laughs> gets walked twice in this episode. And when that dog gets walked, both times, crucial things happen. Just saying. Dog tails. Yeah. Dog news. Dog news. Um, it does touch upon, as well as dogs, as well as canines, it touches upon big issues of Islamic terrorism, isn't it? Mm -hmm. of, and um, we know there's a kind of hint, maybe, you know, from the first half, you don't really know that maybe the son, the suspicion is mm. that maybe the young son is a student at university has got involved with a bad crowd of fundamentalists, possibly. We don't yeah. know. I'm just judging. Well, from. It's also alluded to that he doesn't get on with his dad. Yeah. It's all, there's it's issues all, with his dad. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and it also and, and touches upon terrorism that's terrorist incidents happen in London so there's that to deal with it deals with it very I thought very convincingly yeah. very touches a lot on the assumptions that um, yeah. everybody of colour is some sort of immigrant and yeah. is also a terrorist because they are they're, they're a Muslim family effectively and the, the, the mother her mother oh, she's fantastic the great character who's clearly like old school but really believable and is really just so there's a great scene I really like the scene where she watches the terrorist incident coverage on TV and she's just watching it and there's silence really, and she's just you she her reaction her face she kind of feels all kinds of emotions mm. that people are being blamed you know Muslims are unfairly being blamed and yet you know she, there is a kind of fury in her I thought that was really powerful I, I really liked the mum tried to rest mom. my elbow on the table and missed <laughs> yeah it was a miss um, I really liked the mum and it really mm. you know like how we said when we watched at The Boy with the Top Knot mm. and we said actually Asian mum and the humour that comes with it so for example in the first scene she gets stuck in a lift and like obviously the first thing she does is phone her son Kareem in Pakistan to tell him because <laughs> presumably he can help in some way yeah. but and then exaggerates that she was in there the whole day when Jack Davenport's character says you were in there for half an hour so it's very funny and also Jack Davenport yeah. what a great job getting old older right oh so, I wasn't going to say that oh I yeah. think he's yeah I oh, you're saying, I oh, you're saying say he's hot, hot. yeah he's hot and also I love the scene where he does um he does some Bollywood dancing with the mum. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think he actually injects, because all these things we've done this week are a bit miserable, he injects a little bit of humour as well into this, which is nice. Do you think, do you think his character's warm? I do think his yeah. character's warm. Yeah, it's and the, you know, the long-awaited warm. my requirements. <laughs> dog, warmth, warmth and dog. The warm, warm dogs. fronts come yeah. in. If, you, if you can get a warm dog, <laughs> wow. A hot dog. The good warm yeah. dog. Hot dog. When the good warm dog is launched next year on Netflix. People love dogs. Uh, I bet all Amazon, Amazon Prime have got Crystal dogs. Clear. No, but she's obsessed with Netflix. I don't think she watches Amazon Prime. Um, I do. The, do you? Okay. The, um, no, he is a, I thought it was very clever. You should say this is written by, the whole series is written and created by husband and wife team, Paul Rutman, who wrote, so Indian Summers I and Vera. I enjoyed that a lot. Indian and Natasha Narayan. 
And I think um, they've done a really good job. The dialogue is very naturalistic. But I think Jack Davenport's character, he is warm. And um, I thought everything that he said had a kind of like joshing quality to yeah. it, the way he interacts with the mother, the mother-in-law and his relief. wife. I thought that banter, which often, I think when TV dramas try to do everyday banter, they often get it really horribly wrong and it comes across as cheesy and unconvincing. I thought this... No, that was a snapshot of like yeah, I thought it was very Asian clever. life. I thought it was very clever. All of the, the stuff that they say, just as, you know, which isn't just advancing character rather than the story, I thought worked really well. And I think it's a really interesting... It's very compelling, Very story. compelling premise, yes. I definitely yes. want to watch the next episode. Yeah, I think we... we yeah, see, this is one of those ones which is a must-watch for the next thing to find out what happened. This is definitely like... Well, I want a must-watch what happens in Kiri and, in fact, Hard Sun. So all three are must-watch okay, things for me. Okay, definitely Kiri, but Hard Sun's probably not. Yeah, we're aware of your feelings about Hard Sun, <laughs> but let's not assume that hard we're all... Hard Sun, Hard Watch. Oh. Ooh, good one. I wish you, bet you wish you said that about 20 minutes ago when we were doing I, Hard Sun. I, I do. Now I'm going <laughs> to get John to edit it out. Oh, no, that's harsh. John, no, please not really, don't. Not He's got really. enough hard work to do on this. Yeah, it's true, he has. It's a tough one. <laughs> um, it is really good. Okay, yeah, excited. Star rating. Just generally in life? <laughs> generally. <laughs> really excited. Going to carry on no, watching um, it. Yeah, definitely going to carry on watching it. I just And I love Archie um, Punjabi, so I'll 100% be watching it. Was it the dog that did it? I don't give a shit about the dog. <gasps> Good. I've got to be honest. That no. dog I did not care about. The I didn't one in Kiri, however, I, I love the notice. gassy dog yeah. in Kiri. <laughs> the flatulent dog. <laughs> this dog probably is flatulent too. Well, no proof on TV. Okay. How many stars, K, are you giving next of kin? I'm giving it four stars. I too, I'm going to give it four stars. Stephanie Seelan, how many I'm stars are you giving? I'm going to give it four and a it? half stars. How many four for the dog? Half. The half star is for the dog, Kay. <laughs> I think you know that. Next of Kin kicks off on the ITV network next Monday, the 8th of January at nine o'clock. And I think it's safe to say that has been a TV drama special because it's been th- we've reviewed three. Oh, God. Do you know what it's been? Today was a bit of a trial. I watched all three of those well. things in one day. And listen, they're good dramas and everything, but it's a bit bleak and yeah. I don't I don't feel bleak about any of them even the end of the world yeah, I think it's a stylish uh, yeah I know but I think Kiri's funnier than you think I think Hard Sun's fascinating it's got heavy. great heavy great use of David great of David Bowie and wanton violence and Next of Kin is is a good kind of thriller conspiracy they're thriller they're good but they they're heavy okay, but I, I, not, I don't come, I didn't come away well, from you don't think abduction let murder let none me, of that's heavy let me seemingly ask you something. but not actually right no, okay, heavy. you oh, can only God. pick one to watch for the rest of your life. Which one is it? For, oh, to watch only one. When on pick loop. one of them. But I have to watch it for the rest of my life. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> only one of these, and you have to watch it forever. Them's the rules. All right. One of these. Which is which is the one you would pick to watch? Really. Kiri. Right. Kiri. Okay. It's I've, easy because Sarah, Sarah Lancashire, Sarah Lancashire, reeling off Jack Thorne dialogue. It's a no-brainer. It's a recommend. But I think they're all good. It's a great new period for TV drama in the new year, two thousand eighteen. Meanwhile, it is that time. It is question time. And in honour of Kiri, quite simply, what's the best thing about Sarah Lancashire? Um, I think it's got to be when she was in Coronation Street and she was married to Curly. Yep. Actually, I was taking it old school. I know she's done fantastic drama, Mm. but for me, she's always Raquel. Raquel and Curly was the great soap. Mm. uh, Have you both gone for the same thing? Is that allowed? Well, yeah. well, if it's the best thing, it's well, the best thing. Well, shall we do it if you've written it down? Because I've written it down. Have you no, written okay. it down? No, okay. Kay's written it down. Okay, you're going to have to think of a new answer, Steph. Down. Go on. There we are. Oh. On the spot. What about her dog in this show? <laughs> no, I can't think of anything else. I like her hair. Is that is that a thing? She'll no? be happy to hear that. Yeah, she'll be happy to hear that. Um, I've got... Well, I mean, Happy Valley is one of but the I great... Think, I think Curly and Raquel would like... That's fine. The if, you, if you'd just seen Happy Valley, you could have said Happy Valley, but you haven't. But I'm so I'm going to say lie, Happy boys. Valley is one of the great TV dramas of the last 
five, ten years. Mm. And I had the honour of hosting the BAFTAs where I literally <laughs> just snorted in derision. No, no, I didn't host the actual BAFTAs. You said the BAFTAs. I hosted the press room at the BAFTAs. I was going to say. Oh, you did, yeah. I hosted the press room at the BAFTAs, as I do traditionally. Yeah. And she won um, an award, a BAFTA award, for Happy Valley. And I so interviewed her in front of Her Majesty's Press. And she was so... Her Majesty, I was like, wow. Majesty. That would be incredible if you interviewed her. Basically, I hosted the, the BAFTAs queen. in front of the Queen. Wow. <laughs> That's what happened. Fake no, news. She was so overwhelmed by it, by the experience, and she was like, you know, welling up and just so happy to have been recognised for this brilliant role. And said, it is one of the great, the great role of my life. It was. She was just so brilliant, so amazing. Like, you know, to see someone that vividly thrilled mm. by the whole experience. And um, she, she's great. I love her. Yeah, she's absolutely brilliant. I Do you like think her she'll be name? That it's also a place. Do you think she'll be chuffed that Steph and I most treasure her as Raquel? I think she'll be most delicious into this that um, Steph is obsessed with the fact that her name is also a <laughs> county. I yeah. think. Yeah. Sorry. So that's the main takeaway. I, th- I imagine she'll yeah. have that and the dog. Should Sarah she, of Lancashire. Sarah That's what she should be called. de Lancashire. Dame Sarah <laughs> de of Lancashire. Francis de la Lancashire. Yep, that's what she should be called. Sarah de la Lancashire. Good one. Not really. Um, thank you very much for your staunch contributions to the first podcast 2018. Thanks to John, engineer. I don't know why I'm suddenly thanking John. Just felt <laughs> like it because he had a lot to edit out <laughs> this episode, let's face it. And uh, it's a goodbye for me. It's a goodbye for me. It's a goodbye for me. Best, we'll be back next week. <laughs>